Welcome to this episode of Beads Podcast, a weekly reflection on church history with Dr. Michael A.G. Haken. Dr. Haken serves as the chair and professor of church history at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he is on the core faculty of Heritage Theological Seminary in Cambridge, Ontario. He's also a fellow of the Royal Historical Society in recognition of his contributions to historical scholarship. Join us now as we seek to see what God has done in the history of his people. When you, when you come to think about Augustine's ministry, um, which stretches uh, in terms of public ministry from 392 to 428, and then two more years at the end of that of writing and uh, so on, um, he was involved in a number of controversies. But before you even look at the controversies, um, it's very helpful to recognize that to understand his biography through the prism of the controversies really misunderstands Augustine. Augustine was called to be a bishop. And in the ancient church, the, the bishop is a first and foremost uh, a teacher of Christian doctrine and an evangelist. And Augustine then sees his major role. If you were to ask Augustine, so what, what, what was your major role between 392 and 428? Uh, you know, you were involved in a number of controversies. Um, do you see yourself primarily as a Christian apologist? And his answer would be no. He was a he was a preacher of the gospel. He was a preacher of the word of God, and preaching that word week week in week out was his main was his main task under God. And um, the the controversies he's involved in were forced upon him because of circumstances. Uh, and the time though he could devote to them was the time that he would find you know an hour or two here. Uh, on a day or maybe a few hours here. Um, he didn't have the benefit of academic sabbaticals, so he, he couldn't, you know, uh, he didn't have the summers off. Um, he was a pastor. He was preaching week by week and uh, leading the Lord's table and counseling. Um, he had a vast correspondence by the early 400s as his, his name began to be known throughout the Roman Empire and Christians began to write to him from all, all quarters. Uh, one can imagine what his, uh, if he had email, what his <laughs> input and email would have been in terms of uh, 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 people contacting him. So his uh, ministry then, in terms of controversies, begins uh, with uh, the Manichaean uh, controversy. Uh, Manichaeanism was uh, Manichaeanism was something that Augustine, as we saw last week, what he was involved in, and. Um, Augustine finds himself compelled to write against Faustus. Um, in fact, there were there were questions about Augustine. You know, are, have you really given up Manichaeanism? And so, maybe to answer those questions, also to respond to Manichaeanism, Augustine writes against uh, two books against uh, Faustus. Um, a second controversy, which was much more significant in the in the long run was a controversy with what is known as Donatism. When he became the pastor uh, of the church, uh, Valerius died in 395. And so when he became the pastor after three years of helping him as an assistant, um, his congregation, the building that his congregation met in, was around 100 yards from a Donatist church. And the Donatist congregation actually was bigger than his. The Donatists were a group of Christians who had broken with the 
the the church in Latin speaking North Africa, that is the areas that today would be uh, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, uh, Mauritania. Um, he had broken. They had broken over the issue of how to re, how to deal with people who had denied the faith during the last great persecution under the Roman Emperor Diocletian at the beginning of the 300s. And what particularly galled the Donatists was the way in which the, the some churches would receive back into fellowship men who had not only denied the faith, but also handed over the scriptures. Uh, the scriptures, you know, each church would probably have one copy of the scriptures, and losing the scriptures was devastating. And um, so they argued that such people were to be treated as, as um, uh, under discipline uh, all their lives. They were never to come back into full membership. Uh, Christ may completely forgive them in the world to come, but they could not. They, they had no warrant to, to, to extend complete forgiveness to them. Uh, and they would cite passages from Hebrews um, or First uh, John 5, that there is a sin unto death. And I don't say you should pray for it. Um, Augustine had a different perspective. Augustine um, argued that even as the Lord forgave Peter, and so the church needs to extend forgiveness to those who are truly repentant, that, that repentance needs to be demonstrated over a course of time. And so Augustine finds himself then in a massive quarrel with the Donatists. As I said, uh, it was one that had practical significance. Every time that they worshipped and came out from the church, they were the Donatists. They would see them. It was a larger congregation. In fact, the Donatists uh, would actually stay, uh, find out exactly when Augustine would stand up to preach, and they would start singing at that point. And so you've got about, um, about 100 yards away, you've got about seven or 800, maybe upwards of 1,000 people singing at the top of their voices, uh, trying to drown out Augustine. And so the choral was bitter. In fact, Augustine talks about one time in which... Uh, some of these Donatists tried to tried to actually physically kill him. They they arranged an ambush, which he avoided by uh, by by going a different route. Providentially, God led him to, to travel a different route to a town he was going to, and he found out later that there were Donatists uh, there who would have uh, done him harm. And so Augustine Augustine then developed his understanding of ecclesiology in this period, and uh, it would have long term impact. Um, in shaping the church is thinking about what is the nature of the church and um, uh, what is the nature of believers of, of, of baptism, not believers baptism what is the nature of baptism it's in this period that Augustine begins to argue for infant baptism for example and then there is a, uh, a second a third rather major controversy with the Pelagians and this has to do with the issue of free will Pelagius was a British monk who ended up in Rome for about a dozen years. And it was at a party in Rome. He, he hears somebody reading um, Augustine's Confessiones. And there's a passage in there in Book 10, I believe it is, where Augustine says, um, Lord, um, command what you will and give what you command. And uh, in other words, um, God can command whatever he wants within, obviously, that is in sync with his nature of his people. And then Augustine is saying, command that and give what you command. In other words, Augustine rightly recognizes that at the heart of, of divine commands is our need of grace. 
But Pelagius was furious at this. He felt it undermined all moral striving and led to antinomianism. And uh, he began to write uh, against this perspective, um, not necessarily naming Augustine, but certainly critiquing his views. Um, Augustine had a very high view of Pelagius. He saw him at a conference in North Africa in the early uh, first decade of the, uh, what do you mean, the second decade of the 400s. And um, uh, didn't speak to him, would later wish he had, because he starts to realize that uh, Pelagius is arguing that human beings in their, at the time of their birth are actually free from all sin. They, and they have not inherited a bent nature. They, there is no such thing as original sin. Their sinfulness emerges as they uh, listen to the larger society. In other words, they're as innocent as Adam was when he was created. And this denial of depravity, uh, original sin, to Augustine is heretical. And thus he finds himself in a long controversy with the Pelagians, in which he really lays the foundations for a very an, an Augustinian realism, which takes seriously the fact that human beings by nature have inherited a bent perspective. They are fallen. They are played with depravity. And this explains so much in our world. Um, it also explains, obviously, Holy Scripture. And Pelagius would have had great difficulty, for instance, with Romans chapter 5, verse 12. The other controversy in which Augustine is involved is with pagans, and that is over the course of history. And this comes about with the iconic event, which we call the fall of Rome, the sacking of Rome in 410 by uh, Visigoths, who were theologically Arian, uh, denied the full deity of our Lord Jesus Christ, but at least professed to be Christians and thus allowed churches to be sanctuaries of safety. And thus Christians and pagans who got to these churches were were, were preserved. Um, but these pagans afterwards began to criticize uh, Christians uh, because it was, in their minds, the rule of the Roman Empire by Christians that had angered the gods that had brought about the fall, uh, this the sacking of Rome. And Augustine finds himself then having to write um, what we call the city of God, which we'll talk about in more detail next week when we look at the, the, th the three key books that Augustine wrote. One of them is the Confessions, one of them is the city of God, and one of them is on the Trinity. Beads Podcast is in partnership with H&E Publishing, a reformed and Canadian publishing house seeking to spread the steadfast love and faithfulness of Christ through the publication of church history, biblical spirituality, Christian living, and theology. Join us next time as we seek to see what God has done in the history of His people.